Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, to help you become a master of the mental game, and to help you start dominating the day. This is Brian Kane, your mental conditioning and peak performance coach, and today we've got a wonderful opportunity to have one of the top goalies in the country, Michael Spillane of the Arizona Sun Dogs in the Central Hockey League, formerly of the University of Vermont, joining us today to talk about the mental aspect of hockey and, and really, maybe more importantly, how the mental game of hockey has just transcended from something that Mike does on the ice to something that he does in everyday life. Uh, and this started back in, in 2006 when Mike was a freshman uh, at, at the University of Vermont. So, Mike, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad uh, I get the chance to do this with you and, and uh, you know, give back a little bit and, and let people uh, get some experience for myself. I know that was a huge part of me being able to uh, become a better better goalie is just gaining that mental experience and hearing what other people have to offer. So um, I look forward awesome. to doing this. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate you joining us, man. I guess let's get right into it here. You know, you, if, you, if I were to talk to you about the mental aspects of being an elite goalie, what would you talk about? Well, I think the most important thing is, you know, you have to know how to remain calm, obviously, just like any position in any sport. But um, it's, it's more so recognizing when you're, you're getting into those danger areas of, you know, the red and yellow lights that you talk about a lot. I mean, there's a, there's a, a lot that goes to your head while you're, while you're playing a game as a goalie. You're obviously out there for that full 60 minutes. There's a lot of ups and downs to the games, and you got to be able to uh, find what works for you. And and for me, it's just being able to breathe and, and use good trigger words to uh, make sure that uh, I'm constantly relaxed, but but with that, that intensity at the same time, knowing that when the puck, crosses the red line, I, I have the ability to get a good deep breath and, and zone in uh, immediately. So it's just that constant ebb and flow, really, of being able to balance your emotions. Absolutely, and that emotional balance, you know, it's kind of playing with a relaxed intensity. You know, you got to be intense, but you can't be tense. And I think the word you said a couple times so far, Mike, is, you know, breathing and being able to take a deep breath when the puck comes across the red line. Talk a little bit about breathing and, and what difference that makes for you. Well, I think it's it's the number one key for me. I mean, like I said, there's there's just so many thoughts that go through your head, and it, it's such a, a, a long game if, if you let that happen. But um, breathing for me is just making sure I get good deep breaths while, while the puck's at the other end and, and I, I stay relaxed. And then, you know, it's it's important for me. I, I use that, that focal point that we've talked about a lot um, after making saves or if there's a, there's a break in play where – you know, I look down to the top of the crease and get a good deep breath and focus on kind of where the red meets the blue, and um, it just snaps me in immediately. I mean, it's it's just so important to be able to get good deep breaths and, and bring yourself back to that moment because um, it, it it just forms such a consistent uh, side of your game where you're just constantly on and you just constantly feel uh, like you're on top of your game. It's There's definitely not a better feeling out there either. There's no doubt. And when you're playing at the level that you are, you know, in the minor leagues of the NHL and trying to 
be one of those few goalies that gets a chance to go up and play in the league, and there's a lot of guys out there that, that you know, have the ability to do that and, and want to do that like you do. But the challenge and the difference maker is going to be the consistency and performance. You know, we've said all along, hey, it's the best, pl- the best players don't always make it to the NHL. It's the guys who play the best. And I mm-hmm. think what you're getting at here, Mike, is that the breadth and the routine and all that helps you to be consistent. Talk a little bit about your routine and what, what that's like for you from, you know, pre-practice, pre-game routine all the way through your sort of pre-shift routine and what you do before the puck gets dropped and what you do in between periods and what you do post-game, your post-game routine. Take us through that whole process. Okay, um, pretty, it's a, a pretty uh, long process, but um, it, I'm so uh, routine-oriented, and um, that process is definitely one that has, has changed my game in a positive way, just being able to help me snap in. And, you know, on, on practice and game days, I, I like to get to, to the rink a couple hours early if it's, if it's a game day, and... Um, the, the first hour is just really about making sure you're you're relaxed and you know you're you're not uh, doing too much of of the over emotional thinking or trying to be too perfect or you know like you, like you talked about in one of your chapters kind of you know hoping that um, things are going to work out you just start trusting um, you know with with a, a solid stretch. I usually go right right to the shower and, and warm my body up a little bit and do a little stretching in there. And then um, from there, I, I go right to foam roll, try to relax a little bit more, definitely listen to my breathing a ton and make sure that uh, I'm not tense whatsoever. Then uh, from there, what I like to do is I'll put my iPod in and that's kind of uh, when I'm letting my brain know it's time to snap in a little bit more with with the uh, mental focus and um, I do a dynamic warm up and, and grab some uh, grab some tennis balls to do some juggling and, and some tracking of uh, the spin on the ball and really try to see the seams on the tennis ball spin that way you know my eyes are really moving well and you know I think what's what's been really important to me and, and we've talked about this a lot is I, I use one iPod for for game days only where the certain songs I listen to have conditioned my mind to just know that my my body is about to go through a game and, you know, feel the ups and downs of that game. And um, it, it's really allowed me to uh, snap in a lot easier and on a more consistent basis and at the same time, you know, just have that relaxed feeling knowing that I'm going to get it done. And um, I think a, a big part um, of, of this whole process and routine is, um, once I'm dressed and, and stretched, stretched out that, you know, right before I go on the ice, I just remind myself that all week I've performed uh, and, and worked off the ice to be, you know, an excellent, an excellent human being and um, as well as practice habit-wise. And then I just go get it and let the game take care of itself because I know that I'm going to perform at that excellent standard. So, um you know, things have, have become a little more basic, it seems like, as I've gotten older here and, and kind of understand uh, the game. So it's it's more of a, you know, smarter approach than, you know, a more approach. And, and I think that's definitely paid dividends. 
Awesome. Talk a little bit, Mike, about your, you know, let's say you give up a goal because when you're playing, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to give up goals. It's just part of the game. Uh, how do you release that so you get back to playing that next shift? You know, it's like with a player, the position player goes over the boards and comes back out. You know, you as a goalie, you're out there the whole time. And when you give up a goal, you know, you got everybody telling you in the stands that you suck if it's an away game or calling you a sieve. And, you know, what's your routine for being able to release that, you know, by getting out of the crease or doing whatever it is that you do to come back in and, and be able to play that next play or that next shift with confidence? Yeah, that's that's a good good question there. Um, that's definitely something you're always working on as a goalie. What what is the best way to to release uh, after giving up a goal, and you know, always making sure you come back uh, with your best for that next shot. And I think that's it right there. Uh, the second that puck goes in the net, I get it out of the net as quick as possible, and um, I wipe whatever snow is around the top of the crease around the outside of the net, and then I grab some water, I, I drink it, and I, I spray a bunch on my face to kind of just re- help relax me. And then once my helmet comes back down, I go back to my focal point and get a, a really nice big deep breath and just say, so what, next shot. You know, I, I know that I'm going to get scored on, but um, I also know that I'm, I'm going to be ready to make that next save on the next shot and, and build off of that. And, I think uh, that is so important. You know, there, there are big moments in a game where you might give up goals as well, but there's also big moments where you got to just be able to focus on that next shot. And if you let that one that just beat you, eat you up, one can turn into three quite quickly uh, playing this position. No, no doubt, no doubt. And I think it's having, you know, it's having that release to go to when you get in red lights or when the garbage hits the fan. You don't just stay in the crease and wear, you know, wear it. You get out of the crease. You go beat yourself up, which is fine. But then you always, when you turn your, you know, you go over to the boards and when you turn your back and then you turn your, you know, you, you, so you're skating with your back to the cage. You go to the boards, you beat yourself up. That's your time to have negative self-talk, negative energy. But when you come back into the crease, it's relentless, positive energy, ready to play that next shift. Yeah, absolutely. That's spot on. Um. You know, then and then post game. So the game's over. Let's say you played you played great. You know, or you didn't play well. The Friday night that game's over. You got to come back and play the next night. Talk about sort of your post game, post practice routine in terms of how you let it go and come ready to back to play the next day. Well, when I uh, get off the ice, whether game or practice, I always try to just get something in me, whether it's you know. A milkshake, I usually keep like a big thing of chocolate milk uh, at the rink. That way, right when I get off, I can fill a glass of that to just get the body physically recovering. And then from there, um, what I do is I get undressed and I go right to the cold tub to try to help my, you know, body relax as well. And I do three minutes in there and then I go three minutes in the hot tub and then three in the cold and then three in the hot uh, something I learned uh, from reading a, a great article on Roy Halladay, who I'm a huge fan of, but based on obviously his uh, you know mental game and, and how hard he works physically. But uh, after that, once I've done the last part of the hot tub, I go in and, and grab about a 10-minute foam roll. And then from there, I, I do a static stretch um, for about 20 minutes, just to try to relax and 
once that's completed, I, I usually go over to my stall. I'm always the last person to leave, so it's always nice and quiet in the locker room and just put my legs up, and most of the time I'll put a towel over my face and I'll uh, go over, whether it was a, a practice or game, you know, uh, what I felt like I did well imagery-wise, and if there was something I, I felt like I needed to be better at, um, I'll go over that again, but, but with a positive outcome. And, you know, it's incredible how great you feel, even if you don't feel like you might have had the greatest practice or greatest game, how, how strong you feel after doing that. It just it gets your mind back in a positive, you know, mindset, and uh, it definitely prepares you for the next day. So you're concluding every day by being at your locker and taking some quiet time to yourself and doing some good mental imagery of replaying that day's practice or game and seeing yourself play flawlessly in the way that you wanted to play. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, I, a big thing for me as well, um, and I know this was the case while I was, uh, while I was at school too sometimes, is that that little imagery session obviously does wonders for you as far as preparing you for um, what you want to do on the ice, but it also kind of gives me an opportunity to start kind of snapping back into, you know, the the hockey world being over for the day and, and just getting back to uh, the regular stuff that comes with being off ice and, you know, just being myself. It just lets you relax more, I think, by being able to escape uh, what's gone on for for the rest of the day or for, you know, a couple hours at least, uh, it, it, it allows you to play with a lot more consistency because you're just not holding on to it. Absolutely, and I think that, that helps you, you know, separate between hockey being who you are versus hockey is what you do. And I think a lot of guys, you know, early in their career, uh, they, they see themselves, I see this a lot at the college level, is where they see themselves as hockey players. That's all I am. It's who I'm going to be. Hockey is my life, and when you think that way, I think all it does is it puts a lot of pressure on yourself, you know, and you've got to shift from a mentality of hockey is who I am to hockey is what I do. You know, this is my job. This is my passion. This is my career, but like you said, when you walk out of that rink at the end of the day, and as you get older and you get married and if you have children, they don't care how you played, man. They need you to be super dad when you walk in the house, so you've got to be able to let that stuff go and part of having a, a routine that you use post-practice to help you let go of that and leave it at the rink is going to be huge in terms of your longevity and, and just, I think, your ability to separate on and off the ice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was something um, I wish I had learned earlier on. I, I think, um, you know, we had talked about it uh, my my sophomore year of school, and, it, and I just got so wrapped up in, in wanting to be – too great almost, you know, that, that perfect mindset where you, you just never can really attain that. And, um, you know, in, until the start of my senior year, um, when I really focused on making sure I separated the two between life and hockey, um, I, I started to notice a dividend a lot. I mean, I, I came out on fire my senior year after that first hip surgery and you know, I get to spend a lot of time on this mental game, obviously, because I couldn't be doing physical things. And um, if there's definitely anything I can pass on, I mean, being able to take that time to, to do the mental work and, and have the type of year I was on my way to having, I think it, it really shows or, or should show people that um, you can put all the time you want in the gym, but 
without a strong mind and, and putting in the work and, and having the awareness to uh, to want to win with, with a strong mind, you're just you're not going to accomplish too much as you as you try to climb that pyramid. No doubt. And this statement I've been using a lot lately is, you know, in if, if talent was everything, every first rounder would make it to the to the NHL, or every first rounder would make it in Major League Baseball, and you know, on the baseball side of things, that's just kind of where my world is. But on the baseball side of things, only 47% of the guys drafted in the first round make it to the big leagues. Yeah, that's incredible. The talent was ever, so le- less than half of those guys taken in the first round make it. Not, not have a long career, play a game and make it yeah. to the big leagues. You know, that's it's incredible. even less if you looked at, if you looked at that, you know, that, that 47% that make it. Uh, what percentage of that actually have a, a career that's, you know, an average career, three years or more, uh, and play yeah. for a long time, it's, it's probably less than 30%, you know. So talent isn't everything. I think a lot of it, you know, t- when you're at the level you're at, Mike, and you're at that professional level, everyone's got talent. It comes down mm-hmm. to who are the guys who are going to stay healthy, who are the guys that are going to stay motivated because of the grind of the season, and who are the guys that are going to play consistently at their best? And having routines, like you just explained so beautifully, helps you to be consistent, helps you to stay motivated because you're able to separate hockey being what you do versus who you are, and it helps you, helps you to, to hopefully stay healthy with all the foam roll and the hot tub and cold tub. And, you know, injuries are something that you've battled previously in your career, and I think, you know, you're doing everything you can to, to stay healthy, and it sounds like you're on the right path, man. I'm fired up for you. Yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean, it's been it's definitely not been an, an easy journey, and you know, I know most aren't, and nor should they be. It definitely builds more out of you as as a person and a player to uh, you know go through adversity and test the limits of how much you really want it. And you know, it's been a, a huge goal of mine to get to the American Hockey League, and that finally happened last year, and um, started um, with that same goal this year, and. Um, I completely expect to get back there based on uh, not only where my talent level is at, but where my mind's at and um, just putting in the hard work and going to let it take care of itself because I know it's going to happen here. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. But, uh, you know, um, I was watching um, this thing on the NHL network. It was called NHL 36. It was on Nicholas Lidstrom where they followed him around for 36 hours. He had two games in 36 hours. And uh, the head coach, Mike Babcock, who um, is also a, uh, a legend in the NHL, and obviously Nick Lidstrom is arguably the best defenseman of all time in the NHL, they asked the, the coach, you know, what makes Nick Lidstrom so good every day and to be able to have, you know, a 20-plus year career and play until he was 41, 42 years old. And he says, well, most guys get bored with the grind, and somehow Nick has found a way to enjoy and have fun doing the same exact thing every day. And I think when he said that to me, it just kind of one of those aha moments where, you know, you got to find what, what works for you and what's going to excite your mind every morning to want to do that routine and, once you find that, it, it's it's pretty inspirational, and um, if you can stay dedicated to that, then you start seeing some good results. Absolutely, man. I think that, I just wrote that quote down. I think that's awesome. He has finds a way to have fun and enjoy doing the same thing day after day, enjoying the grind. 
Yeah, absolutely. uh, There's a video, you know, one of the teams I work with, the TCU baseball team, there's a video out that you've got to check out to write this down called uh, The Grind. Just type type into YouTube, TCU The Grind, and you'll see a video that is life-changing, man. It's outstanding. You'll love it, and I'm sure it may even become part of your routine. uh, TCU The Grind? TCU The Grind, yeah, it's outstanding. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Well, hey, let's, let me hang up. Let's, uh, let's let's shift gears real quick and let's go into um, you know talk a little bit about how the mental game you know has helped you to deal with some of the adversity in life and just kind of the, the grind and the challenge of, of of life outside of hockey and you know some of the some of the key principles that you've used whether it's dealing with you know relationship issues or it's dealing with. Um, you know, family life stress, whether it's dealing with, you know, injuries, what, what are some of the mental skills and the mental keys that you would share with the people listening to this uh, about how to use the mental game kind of in, in the world outside of hockey? Okay. Um, well, for myself, um, this, this part took a, a lot of practice. Um, obviously, uh, my, my dad, who, you know, was by far my, my best friend and um, a, a huge mentor of mine and, and did everything, you know, that he could to help me um, chase after, you know, my own goals and dreams. But uh, he obviously passed of, of ALS this summer, Lou Gehrig's disease, as most people know it as. And, um, you know, it, this, it, it took a lot of practice. It, it, I struggled with it severely for a long time. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't recognize that I had the answers right in front of my face because, as I talked about earlier, you know, I, I didn't do a good job of separating, you know, Mike Spoyne, the hockey player, and, and, and Mike Spoyne of everyday life. I, I was so focused on, you know, trying to make him proud through hockey versus just enjoying enjoying the game and 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 uh you know being a good son at the same time um and, and know that, that that would be enough to make him proud um that you know i i suffered both athletically and and, and lifestyle wise but once you know i i was smart enough to see that i had the answers already in front of my face and and i could use this mental game for my everyday life um, things started to turn around, and, and it's just simple things. you, you got to be able to, like I just said, you know, separate the two. You know, for me, I, I have to show up to the rink, and I, I turn my cell phone off immediately to help myself start snapping in hockey-wise. When I'm out, cell phone comes on, and then I, I just have really made a point of making sure I recognize the things that I have control over and that I don't have control over. Um, you know, the, the statement we hear it a lot, control what you can control, it seems extremely simple. But if you don't have that awareness of the things that you can control, you know, it it, it can eat you up very quickly and, and be very distracting. So I always made it a point um, to really write down things that I know I, I have control over. And when I felt like I didn't have control over a situation, it's very, very easy to find somebody that you're close with, you know, a teammate, you know, a friend, whatever, and just you got to talk, you got to talk it out. And when you talk it out, it gives you that ability to not think with emotion. 
uh, the second you get wrapped up into that that emotional thought, you usually end up making a poor decision or, or things snowball on you and, and uh, you know, just just like sports, life is life is the same thing, and it's it's uh, and fortunately, life is a lot more real, and um, you know the consequences in life are are a lot worse. So, um, if you let that uh, those things that uh, you can't control wrap you up, then it, it snowballs every time, and it it most definitely gets worse. So it's just you know, like I said, I can't say it enough. Just really making sure you know every day what you have control over. And if there's a negative that happens, you, you kind of take that pause and know how you're going to respond. You know, I know you call it, you know, responsibility where uh, you just kind of take a minute and, and uh, get back uh, into a, a strong mindset to make sure you make, make a an educated decision versus an emotional one. Uh, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Mike, when you talked about how you know emotion clouds reality. Most, deci- most decisions that are made out of emotion are usually regretted later, you know. And, and by being able to, like you said, you know, physiologically take a deep breath helps you to get out of emotion and into logic, you know. And also realizing what you can control and what you can't is huge, you know. And, and when I lost my mother in August of 2010. You know, that that was something that really made a difference for me was looking at and saying, well, you know, she 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 is in a better place. I can't control what happened. She can't control what happened. You know, cancer is a son of a bitch. And it always and, and most of the time most of the time it wins. Um, and you can fight and you can fight that game, but you know, it's a game that you don't necessarily control the outcome of, just like hockey. And you've got to just, you know, with with, with life, it's the same thing, man. Stick with the present moment. One day at a time, stick with the process, control what you can control, and stay positive. Take that deep breath and, you know, make sure you're turning all those have-tos into want-tos and, you know, not having to go to the rank, not having to do things, but wanting to do it. And just that psychological shift will turn it around for you and make it more positive. But, Mike, it's been great to talk with you, man. I'm fired up that you're using this stuff. And, um, you know, it's been, it, it's been since 2006. You've been through this game now, the mental game, for about six, seven years, and, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm happy to see that you're using a lot of this stuff uh, outside of the ice and, and, and in your personal life. And there's no doubt that, you know, what, whether you make it to the NHL or not, and I, and I hope you do, and I think you're on the right path and doing all the right things, regardless of whether or not you make it, you'll when you take those spikes off, or I'm sorry, if you take those skates off, uh, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to have no regrets because I can honestly say there's probably nothing else that you could do to help you get to where you want to go. And I think the true measure of success is that when your career is over, if you can look at the man in the glass and you can say, there's nothing else I could have done, you've truly been successful. Yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. And it's, uh, it's that type of stuff that definitely makes it easier to, uh, to play with just a clear mind. And um, I've, I've noticed the difference drastically, especially coming into this year. So, um, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, like I said, I expect to be back in the American Hockey League before the year's done. That's definitely a goal of mine. And um, right now, I uh, just focused on what I got to do here. And I'm just very thankful uh, that uh, you came uh, into my life and, and gave me an opportunity to kind of learn this stuff because I'd never used it even through my whole junior career. So um, it's exciting, and it's obviously 
like anything else, something you have to, to work at and, and practice every day, but uh, really starting to see the dividends. And I know um, if anybody wants to take their game to the next level, this is the stuff they got to get. So I hope they jump on uh, the Brian Kane train here and, and do that for themselves. <laughs> Awesome. I appreciate it, Mike. And if people are looking for more info, you know, they, they go to briancain.com, B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. They can pick up, you know, my books, Toilets, Bricks, Fish Hooks, and Pride, as well as uh, the one that you mentioned, So What Next Pitch. And then they can also pick up my Pride program, which is, you know, 18-video program that walks them through a lot of the awareness building and controlling what you can control, mental imagery, and the activities that you've been mentioning here. But, Mike, what I want people to be able to do is follow you on Twitter, follow you on Facebook. Um, you know, maybe if you're willing to share your email address, send you an email of support, but also send you an email because I'm sure for the dads out there or the goalies out there or the coaches out there, they're going to want to maybe bring you in when your season's over to speak to their teams if that's something you're interested in. So what's, what's your Twitter account if people were going to follow you there? It's uh, at Spills, S-P-I-L-L-S. 33. So Twitter is at Spills, S-P-I-L-L-S 33. What about email if they wanted to get a hold of you by email? Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L dot Spillane, S-P-I-L-L-A-N-E 33 at Spillane 33 at gmail. Dot com. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time here, man. Thanks for uh, you know giving up the time out of your busy schedule and your routine and your training to come in and, and talk with us about the mental aspects of hockey and also how those mental aspects of hockey you know transcend outside of hockey and into life and how people listening to this interview, whether they're hockey players or not, I think can take a lot of the nuggets out of some of the things that you've talked about and uh, take that and use it in, in their life. Yeah, well, you know, anyway, I can give back. I know we've talked uh, a lot about uh, inexpensive experience, so it's huge. And obviously, uh, I I love being able to do this self, this stuff for yourself as well for all you've done for me. So, um, thank you for uh, for having me on, and look forward to uh, catching up here in the future. All right, man. I appreciate. It. Next time you're in the Burlington, Vermont area, make sure you let me know, and we'll uh, have you back over to the house for some some pool and some steaks and get after yeah. it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, right on that phone call happening. Today's podcast is sponsored by Potential Apparel. Potential Apparel is on a mission to inspire athletes to reach their true potential. If you're serious about reaching yours, then you have to go check them out. They make awesome clothing for dedicated and committed athletes. I'm a huge supporter of what they're doing, and that's why I wear their clothing with pride. Make a statement and join the movement today at PotentialApparel.com. Be sure you use promo code Brian Kane with a space between Brian and Kane for 15% off on your first order. Dominate the day with Potential Apparel. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit briancain.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. And sign up for my Monday message, where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox videos, interviews, articles, 
tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me through my website on our Contact Us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports. The Brian Kane Peaks Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network.